You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. We were trained to only do business with our colonializers. Welcome to the Bridge to You podcast, hosted by yours truly, Monique Russell, where we focus on promoting Black unity worldwide through conversations that help us understand ourselves and each other. everyone and welcome to the Bridge to You podcast. I am your host Monique Russell and today I have the honor and the privilege to interview an amazing woman. This lady is the president and CEO of the Sixth Region Global Chamber of Commerce. She is into sustainable economic development through entrepreneurship and youth empowerment. Her awards and recognition are numerous, too numerous to mention. But what I noticed that they all highlight is that they are built into her DNA of peace, love, bridge building, humanitarian activities. She is all passion and action, what I call passion. And she is the president of Harris Enterprises, born in Panama, living in Miami, Florida, and has made it her life's work to foster peace and connection worldwide. Welcome, Dr. Melita Harris Barrow to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's truly a pleasure to be here with you today. And uh, we're going to have a great conversation. Wonderful conversation. I know it. I know it. (laughs) So Dr. Lumalita, I always like to start off asking my guests if they could be anywhere in the world right now, where would they choose to be and why? So where would you choose to be and why? You know what? That is such a hard question, but um, I would say uh, right now, I would like to be uh, in San Andres, Colombia. That's where my grandparents were born. And it is such a beautiful, beautiful island in Colombia. And uh, it's not just because my grandparents were born there. It's just a beautiful island. And it's so cultural uh, because you have Latinos, you have the Caribbean flavor, and all that is mixed in together. And because I was born in Panama, that flavor, that's where I would like to be right now, this minute. Probably <laughs> <laughs> um, twice a year because oh, wow. of you know my busy schedule, but um, that's my favorite place. I would say. Wow, and what a favorite place that is, especially that it's the the birthplace of your grandparents. You know. Yes, yes, yes. They are. Uh, they moved from San Andres, Colombia. 
and they moved to Panama and that's why I was born in Panama. So, and then they moved back actually. Wow. Uh, you know, most West Indians, you know, when they, when they leave their country, their, their whole dream is to going back home. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? That is such a perfect connection to what you are doing and the work you are doing worldwide. I mean, mm. you are this, this global chamber of commerce, this project is so large and so huge. Mm. And I would love for you to share, like, what was, what is your intention behind this project? Actually, this project came to mind three years ago. And the reason why I started the chamber is because I realized by traveling all throughout the world, I realized that the, the needs and necessities of uh, the different countries. And for example, Africa, Africa import uh, more than the export. And one of the reasons being is that, that I really just realized two years ago is because we don't own anything. Let's put it that way. We don't own. And I think it's time enough now for us to, especially in Africa, for us to own, for us to own the majority of our land. And I decided to come up with this chamber because now the bottom line is to bring all of us together, but not just to bring us together. We have to start doing business with each other. In, uh, in Africa, they do business with Europe, with China, everyone else, but except for Latin America and the Caribbean. They'll do business in North America, but they will not do business in this region. And it's not because they don't want to, it is because it's never presented to them. So the chamber now, uh, the six region global chamber of commerce is designed to bring us all together to do business with each other. I think it's uh, far time now that we think about one another and expose the business opportunities that we have in these different regions. Uh, I always say whomever colonialized you, that's who you do business with. And most of the time I would go far and say that we were educated or I, let me rephrase that. We were trained. We were trained to only do business with our colonializers. And in spite that these countries, Africa, they're independent, but really doesn't really mean anything. No, because that presence is still there. The colonialism presence is still there. So we have to change that. I think it's time now that instead of us just having organizations, we have to have something economical in order for us now to build, create business opportunities with each other. And that's something that I know the chamber is going to do. The chamber is already doing it. And I'm going to tell you, doors are knocking already because we have the expertise now in order to build this community because it's going to be a community. And Monique, it's not just going to be business. It's going to be a lot more. We're going to be dealing with our young professional, our students, women. Uh, we're going to have mentorship. We're going to have a lot of things that is needed in our community. I love this so much um, because this show is so much about bridge building and connecting with Black people, African uh, diasporas all over the world. But you said something so powerful that I'm curious to dive in a little bit more. You said we were trained, um, we, we've been trained to do business only with 
those that had colonized the countries. What do you mean by that? Can you expand a little bit more? Yes, I can. I definitely can. For example, uh, when I was living in, but when I was, I was born in Panama, when I was living there, uh, I would, I was not taught anything, anything about Africa. I learned about Africa when I moved to the United States at age 16. And I was wondering even at that point, why is it I did not, I was not educated of my history. And when I started traveling to Africa, all those that were colonialized by the British, that's who they do, did business with or do business with. So I started thinking, why is that? Why is it that we are doing business in, in Europe and not doing business with Latin America? And in fact, uh, we are the descendants of Africa. We were taken as slaves from Africa. So that question kept bothering me until I arrived when I went to um, Ethiopia and also uh, uh, Abidjan. And I started questioning, why is it that you're not doing business with us? Well, I don't know anything about Latin America. The only thing we know is Brazil. And if you ask most Africans, uh, when, you, when I mention Latin America, they say Brazil. They sell Brazil. Why? Because of the Portuguese. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. Africa. So we were taught or trained to serve. We were taught and trained to uh, do business with our colonializers. So now it's time to open up that door. And that door is open now. And I know for a fact and I will go back and say that not all Africans, there are Africans that are doing business in these regions, but most of them are governments, okay? And I know that for a fact, because mm -hmm. I've done business with them. So we need to expand in Africa, expand totally with this information. They have not done business on the free zone. The second largest free zone is Panama. We have the second largest free zone. So when I ask how many Africans have done business here, not one, not one. This, this thing, what you are talking about is so powerful because a lot of times I hear conversations that, you know, um, especially black people don't do business with each other. Why don't they want to do business with each other? Why don't they want to work together? Why don't they, why is there always this mindset of, tearing down instead of building up or collaboration. And you touch so powerfully on understanding the history, yeah, understanding the history of this. Right, that, because oftentimes uh, when I arrived to the United States, this is the uh, metaphor that they told me, okay, we're crabs in a barrel. This is what I was told, we're crabs in a barrel. I don't believe that. I believe that when we're talking about crabs in a barrel, and that we're trying to tear each other down and we're trying to hurt each other, whatever it may be when it comes to business. That's not what it is. It's that we were not taught correctly and even how to do business with each other. Mm. There's a competitive mind when it comes to business. Everyone wants to be ahead of one another, not realizing by working with each other, you're going to advance. These are the type of things that I am presenting with this chamber. The chamber 
is going to teach us all how is it that we can benefit from each other. Whatever, uh, right now I'm speaking with the Jean-Claude. Uh, he's the president of the Chamber of Commerce of Congo for the United States. And uh, he, right now, he is looking for professionals to come to Congo to teach them and how to cultivate avocado, how to fish in large quantity, how to do a lot of things. And I was so surprised because I'm thinking that these are the things that they are good at. But this is what happened. The colonializers have created a school system where they were not even taught that the minerals that they have, they're powerful. So what happens is that when you have something so powerful, like the, the gold, the, 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 the diamonds, and all the minerals, when you're taught in schools that these things are not important, these things are not valuable, then you're teaching me that I am to serve you. I'm supposed to go in, in mine. I'm supposed to dig all this up for you, and then you benefit from what I, from the work that I am doing. So what's happening now in, in, in Congo, they are seeking uh, here in the United States in order to build, rebuild Congo. So we are talking right now through the Chamber of Commerce that we can find these people, you see. In my chamber, because I have uh, traveled all throughout Latin America, the Caribbean, and so forth, now I can say, okay, do you want Moringa? Let's go to Colombia. Do you want this? Let's go to Peru. In other words, they don't have that information because the school system there have not taught them that. But the Sixth Region Global Chamber of Commerce now, what we are going to do is that we are going to not only provide the service, but we are provide the services, but we are going to teach our young people about building. We have to build, we have to teach them and how to start their businesses and what and the opportunities that we have in these regions. This does not happen. And now we have to begin now to teach, not to train, but to teach our young people, not only about technology and, and teach them about all the different studies that they're going to study, but also teach them where they can start their businesses, their business opportunities in these different regions that they're not going to get even in Africa because the Africans are not doing that at this present time. This is great. I love the aspect, especially as a business owner. I love the entrepreneurship focus and, and the aspect of helping to liberate through entrepreneurship, especially with the youth as well, like retraining and it's a re-education. And you mentioned this sixth region several times. What do you mean? What is this sixth region? What is that all about? Yes, actually, uh, the African Union pretty much created the six regions. Uh, Africa has five, the north, the east, the west, the south, and the central. The African region, the six region is the, the African diaspora, all that was uh, doing slavery that was taken from Africa, and also all of uh, men and women of African descent. So now, my idea was and is 
that if we have the six region, we're talking about 350 billion people out there. Wow. I, I'm sorry, million, 350 million people out there. That's, that's a country in itself. It is. Okay. So what are we doing with the chamber? We are saying that everyone has an NGO and the NGO that's coming are the very people that colonialize the country. Then they take what they take and then they come back to the country and say, let me feed you. That's like saying, I have a million dollars in my home and then you're going to take that million dollars and then come back as a nonprofit organization and teach me how to uh, run a well uh, for water. You're going to say, when I'm already rich, you see, just like Congo. Congo is the second largest country in, in Africa. They are rich. But why they don't have is because the system still exists there. So what do we have to do? The sixth region now, which is us, in outside of Africa, we need to go back. Uh, there are a lot of people that say, well, I can't go back there and live. You don't have to. But we have the opportunity now, all these people, to go back and build Africa again, all over. We have to go back with the knowledge that we had access here. We have all the knowledge we need. We need to go back. We need to bring in all the necessary tools that they need in order to rebuild. And that's what we're doing with Congo right now. I am speaking to Jean-Claude right now, and we are now uh, finding those uh, professionals that we can go back to Congo and build. The idea of the sixth region, which is all Africans around the world, this thing about we, we can't work together, and we were taught not to work together in you order know, to benefit the colonialized. This, yeah. is, this, is, this is huge. So the sixth region, I mean, you're talking about everyone of African descent, the entire diaspora, not just the people who have left the continent for greener pastures or education or economic um, mobility, but you're talking about basically everyone that has been displaced because the birthplace of humanity is in Africa. So this is a very, very huge project, a very large initi initiative. And to have something so large and so united, you have to have that mindset of, of unity. You have to have that mindset of, you know what, it's not about division, it's about unity, no matter if you're coming from Latin America, if you're coming from you know, the United States, if you're coming from Britain or Canada, you are in this diaspora community and you can contribute. I know I, I read something, I think in one of your um, write-ups before where you were talking about peace because in a world that has been so divided, this aspect of peace sometimes escapes us. But a lot of my guests, we, we subscribe to this notion of peace, but you've made it your life work. And I, and I read this piece and it said, peace is something we all deserve, but peace can't be achieved without the truth. You're giving us truth today, truth in terms of history, understanding the reason why from a business perspective. And then it went on to say, once achieved, it will help identify the gifts, purpose, and value of each individual. 
Dr. Melita, you are just a fantastic, phenomenal woman. I, I'm looking at you and listening to you here today. And, and I'm wondering, was there ever a time in your life where you didn't have this peace that you're now able to demonstrate and just exhibit throughout the world? Yes, I, I will have to say yes, I didn't have that peace. And the reason I didn't have the peace because I didn't know Melida. I did not know who I, I did not know me. I lost the information and the wisdom that God gave me. And the reason is because from the time that we were born, that was taken away from us. And this is why it's so important for us to find the truth. Once you find the truth and you understand the truth, you will have peace. I, I spent years just searching and searching and wondering why am I suffering? Why am I, why are the people around me suffering? And I remember when I was 17 years old, I came, I arrived to this country at 16 years old. And I remember at 17, I'll never forget the day, the moment, the second when I looked at my dad who was watching television, who was watching the baseball game. And I looked at him and I said, but dad, why if we have a God, why are people suffering? And he looked at me and he said, I don't know. And then there was a voice came in my head in that moment. And that voice said, and why do you think I sent you to this earth? In other words, at that point, I realized something. If we are seeing things happening around us, why are we not doing something about it? We spend more time complaining. Uh, we spend more time criticizing. Uh, even if someone is doing something, we say they're not doing enough. So I said to myself, how can I help? How can I go out in the world and speak truth? But one of the thing is, I had to clean me up first. I had to decide to say, okay, God, I need to find out who I am. And uh, four years ago, I wrote the book, Unveiling the Illusion, Know Who You Are. And in that book, I spoke about a lot of things about even myself, that it is important that if you want peace, you have to have courage. If you have peace, you have to have God's wisdom. Because God speaks to us every single day. We're just not listening. We are pre preoccupied with so many other things. I take time out every day to listen to the messages that God has for me. And that's how I've been able to seek that peace and have that peace. I had to get rid of all the toxic people around me. And I mean all. And then what I had to do is to not worry about what people say you will spend your life busy trying to figure out what they're saying and what they're not saying. Keep moving. And that's what I've done. I had, and I'll share this with you, I had a kidney disease and I was ill for nine years. Nine years. Wow. And in those nine years, I decided to read the Bible. And when I read that Bible, not everything was good and not everything was bad. So I had to dissect the Bible. And I learned something from reading the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. It's not about preaching to people. It's not about 
forcing them to become who you think they should be. But it's about giving them the good news. Let them have the good news. But at the same time, having the peace, I had to travel throughout the world. And I'm going to tell you something, Monique. When you see me traveling, it's not because I'm paying to go. They're always inviting me to come. Why? And I ask myself, why is everyone inviting me to travel and to come? But that is because I have the truth. I have something that have changed my life. And I want to change others. God has given me something so powerful. And when he shares that with us, we have to share it with the world. And this is why now when I look around and I see people suffering, I have to do something. Peace is something that uh, you can't worry about what's going to happen the next day. You have to be careful, you know. Well, you know what? When I was careful, I was suffering. <laughs> you say you were careful and suffering, huh? Yes. And now I'm at peace. We have a power within that we're not aware of. That power is you. But we were taking all that information that God gave us, it was taken from the time we were born. Notice when a child from, from one to five, how, how powerful they are and they're talking about all kinds of things. And then when they reach to a certain age and they go to school, everything starts changing. Everything starts changing. So what I am saying is the education that we have received all throughout the world when it comes to people of color, it is to serve. It is to serve others, not to create, mm. not to build. So when I discovered that God created me to build and to create, if something come in my mind right now, Dr. Barrow, build a six-region global chamber of commerce. But I've never done it before. Billy, okay. <laughs> I'm wrong. I'm not going to question God. You know why? Because when God gives you something, he already knows you can do it. You're the one that thinks that you cannot do it. Dr. Melita, there are so many powerful nuggets in what you are saying. I mean, first, I just want to acknowledge and, and just jump back to when you were when you were ill and you found that moment of pain and suffering. And out of this moment, you emerged even stronger and brighter. And you had this awareness of understanding and dissecting the truth, dissecting the Bible, really understanding it. And, and I think that's really a, a very important statement because Throughout this whole interview and this whole conversation, that is a recurring theme that's coming up, really pointing to the truth and being aware of how you have been educated and then actually doing something about it. When you were 17 and you had that conversation with your dad, you already had that, that feeling inside of you. It's like that was already deposited inside of you. And when that happened, I don't know like what the time frame of that spark that you had, the time frame of that awareness that you had to do something to when you actually started, you know, building and connecting and forging through with a lot of the different communities worldwide. I'm curious about that time frame when you first had that deposit that God gave you and from, the, you know, the time you actually started releasing it before we start to wrap up, that would be a really good point to, to share. Yeah. Well, let me go back a little bit because when I was 13 years old, 
I was attending Church of God in my community because it starts it started from there. I was thirteen, but I was such a busybody in church. Um, while the preacher is preaching, you know, I'm talking because I was bored. My attitude was, "You spoke about Solomon a month ago. I really know about Solomon." And then you, you know, you spoke about Paul. I really so I would be busy talking. I don't want to hear it again because you deposited in my head already. So the pastor would step from the pulpit and all I would hear is a Paul. And then I look and then he's staring at me to say, shut up. <laughs> so I realized at that point, at that point that once the information, once I get that information, I register it I, and, and then I can press that button and record it again. So he was an older pastor. And then a new pastor came and the new pastor realized my gift. And he said to me, this is what I'm gonna do because you're always talking in church. I'm gonna give you your own Bible class. And he did from age three to 10. So I'm outside where they're not supposed to hear me. And I am preaching with top of my voice that they couldn't even hear the pastor, they were listening to me. So from that point now, I started going out with the pastor uh, to preach to, and I was only 14 at that time now. So when I arrived to the United States at 16, I was uh, an activist already, mm. speaking throughout Chicago. And um, in my 20s, did the same thing because I felt that there was something wrong. I kept seeking and seeking because I want to know why are we suffering? Then I understood at that point that God has a mission for me. Now, I did not know it was a mission, but I knew it was something. When I got ill is when I realized, oh my Lord, I have a purpose. I have a mission. I have to work. Because remember now, my blood pressure, when they took me to the hospital, how I lost my kidneys through my blood pressure. So I like to tell people, watch your blood pressure. Because in our community, we have a lot of people that have high blood pressure. That's how I lost my kidneys. So God saved me. It took nine years for me to realize who I am. And after that, I said to God, God, whatever you want me to do, I'm ready. I got it now. Because before, I was all over the place. Now, at that point, I was focused now. Okay, I read the Bible. Okay, now I am ready. But was I ready? No. But he put me on that course. And as I'm going, this point now, I've been through so much, but at this point now, I know exactly now what I am supposed to do on this wow. earth. Wow, wow. This is about God's people. This is about the indigenous people of the land. This has nothing. You see, one of the things is, is that we have been programmed to discriminate we have been programmed to be racist. We have been programmed to do all these negative things. 
but we are God's people. This is how I look at it. I don't look at someone from China and say, you're Chinese. No, we're God's people. So now God have me now to say enough is enough, Mel. This is what I've been educating you to do all these years. I got it. I got wow. it. Bring all my people together. And you are not only going to connect them to trade, to do business, but you are going to teach them what I have taught you. You are. I am that I am. That is a wonderful connection, bringing it all together because you are all about education. And now having gone through this whole education journey for yourself and having this awareness for yourself, I mean, listeners, I know that you can hear the power in Dr. Melita's voice right now as she's speaking. And that is the conviction that happens when you get to that place of awareness, when you are going to focus on truth, when you are understanding yourself, understanding your why, you can build a bridge and connect with people worldwide. There's also something that I want to highlight for our audience too. And you said that you had this period of isolation. So if we're looking at the steps, taking life lessons from what we've heard today, there was a period of isolation where you had to really get down into yourself, trim away the noise, discover really what your passion was. And out of that, you were able to take action and do something. So that I want to make sure that our listeners capture. Also, the, the part about dissecting the truth. That whole thing, understanding that we have been programmed or educated to serve, but the aspect of not educating to create or educating to build really plays an important part in how we do business with each other and how we interact with each other. So I, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing these words of wisdom with my listeners. I hope that you guys take this episode, take notes over and over, listen to this repeatedly so that you can get this information sinking into your mind, in your brain, that helps you to answer this question, why don't Black people do business with each other? It starts with an awareness, it starts with education, it starts with uncovering your truth, your history, and your why. Dr. Melita, if, if our listeners want to connect with you, uh, where can they find you online? They can email me at info at Melita Harris Barrow at this time. Dot com. And I'll make sure to put that information definitely in the show notes. You guys heard it. I told you the Bridge to You podcast is on fire. I am your host, Monique Russell. Make sure that you listen on Apple, subscribe, rate this. Let us know how this conversation was to you. You can also listen to this episode on my website at clearcommunicationsolutions.com. And until next time, be well. Thanks for listening to the Bridge to You podcast. Visit clearcommunicationsolutions.com or connect with me on LinkedIn, Monique Russell, or Instagram at clearcommunicationcoach. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.